Well, good morning, everyone. Maybe you know what this is like. You have in your mind some expectation, let's just call it, of a sandwich. You're thinking about a sandwich. The sandwich has been on your mind all day. You've been planning for the sandwich. You went to the grocery store to make sure that you had all the supplies necessary for the sandwich. This happened to our family not long ago when we were in Montana. We went to the store. We'd never shopped at this store very frequently, so we went there and we were looking for the American cheese. American cheese, we were looking for that. Couldn't find it. Not a slice of American cheese to be found when all of a sudden I discovered at the back of the counter there hiding in the corner was the American cheese. And I discovered it and I was so excited. We got home, we got out the bread, we got out all the fixings for the sandwich. We started to make the sandwich and Sherilyn told me, you bought vegan cheese. <laughs> like, well, it can't be that bad, right? Let's just try it. And so, Sherilyn grabbed a piece, she ate it, and her face told the whole story. I was like, it can't be that bad. So I tried the cheese. The cheese was terrible. And so we did not have American cheese on our sandwich that day, and our expectations were dashed. Our hopes for a, a cheesy sandwich were eradicated that day. And it's because this is fake. This is not real cheese. And I was even at that point just pining away for anything that was real, like Kraft Singles. <laughs> Which, if you read the label, it's a pasteurized prepared cheese product. It's not even real cheese. It's, in fact, fake as well. And we have in our mind this idea that imitation foods aren't very good. I'm sure many of you are pining away here in only a, a month or so for that time when you'll gather around the Thanksgiving table and you'll grab your knife and your fork and you will cut into that tofurkey. Yeah. Right? It, imitation food is not something that we pine away for. It's not something that we value, we place a lot of, of emphasis on. Some of us for one reason or another, because of our health or other situations in our life, we need to eat imitation foods, and that's understandable. I'm not throwing you under the bus here this morning. But I want us to see that the, that the real deal is important, that we value the real deal. We value the original. But lest we, lest we give imitation a bad name, I think it's important for us to understand that our lives as disciples of Jesus is all about imitation. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about this morning how we, we are copycats in a way. And it's because of this word, and it's not just this word, but many other words, mimeomai. This is the, the Greek word that's used throughout the New Testament to talk about imitation. Mameomai. This word, actually, and all of its conjugates are, are, in fact, very positive verses. When you go and read these words throughout the New Testament, you will find in almost every case, it's a very positive thing for us to be imitators, for us to be, 
for us to not be the real deal ourselves, but in fact to be following or copying someone else. This word is often translated as to copy or mimic, to emulate, to model, or to follow. And if you have a Bible, please turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. I want to read one example of this here. One example of this word here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul is wrapping up his second letter to the Thessalonian congregation here. And we see in verse 7, he says, For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. Because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have the right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. Paul uses this word twice here, this word mameomai. And even in the word, I mean, just, just in that Greek word, you kind of get a sense for what it might mean. Just looking at the word itself and thinking about other words that you know, like to mimic or to mime, to follow along, to, to pattern something after someone else. And you see that's exactly what Paul's talking about here. He made sure that he was, was hardworking and was not taking advantage of them so that he could show them an example that they could imitate in working hard. That's important. It's important for us to understand that, that these kinds of examples are in the Bible for us to imitate, and these kinds of people like Paul and all the work that he did was out there doing things that we could imitate. Let's look at one more here if we have a second. Hebrews chapter 13, looking at verse 7. The Hebrews writer here in Hebrews 13 verse 7, he talks about this word mameomai again. He says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Paul obviously called on people to imitate him, but the Hebrews writer is helping us to see, you know those leaders that you have in your group? I'll just sort of distill that down and connect it with some other verses that talk about this as well. You know your elders that you have in your congregation? You know those men who you've asked to shepherd you? Imitate them. Follow their example. Do what they do. And isn't that such a powerful realization about what our elders do? Our elders are not the CEOs of a great congregation. Or the elders are not the ones telling us which broom that we should buy or which, you know, which light bulbs we should purchase for the building. No, our elders primarily are examples to us. They are showing us by their conduct, by the way that they live their lives, and by their guidance and leadership, by their shepherding, how we ought as sheep to follow their pattern, their leadership. That helps, that helps us, I think, clarify the job of an elder. But this word mameomai is an important word for us to understand because we, we like to think that we are originals, right? You are a special snowflake. You are a one of a kind. You are the only one like you. There is no one else like you. But you know that we all copy someone. You know that we all follow after someone's footsteps in some regard or another. We are all, if we're followers of Jesus, we are all duplicated disciples. We are all 
copycat Christians. We are following Christ, we're copying Jesus, and we are copying his followers. And that's an important realization for us to have, because sometimes it could be really easy for us to get this idea that not being an original is a bad thing. And for a lot of us, we want to be different, we want to be unique, we want to be out there blazing our own trail. We don't want to be like anyone else. But we all follow someone. We all imitate someone. And so this morning I want to talk about how we can, how we can set our eyes, fix our eyes on the correct source of imitation. How we can be the best copycat Christians that we can possibly be. The best duplicated disciples. And maybe I haven't sold you yet, but really the big idea in this lesson that we're going to focus on is that really we all imitate someone. Every one of us follows someone's example. We all listen to someone. And you need to choose your role models very carefully. As you also realize that other people look to you as a role model. This is not a lesson that's going to blow anyone's mind, by the way. I think we all know these things internally. I think we all understand this. But it's easy to get distracted. It's easy for us to get distracted on who we should focus our attention on and why we should focus our attention on them. So let's talk about that for just a little bit this morning. We're going to jump around a little bit. One of those verses that we referenced as this word mimeomai was in 3 John. So we'll look at 3 John here in just a second. But you need to understand first and foremost in this conversation about imitation is that you choose the original. You choose the source material. And that may just seem like, well, obviously I choose the source material, but, but maybe you've never really sat and thought about that. Maybe you've never really sat and thought about the choice that you make to figure out who you should be like. And maybe this applies to young people more specifically. Maybe this applies to people who are, who are in school, who are still forming and developing, who are still, quote unquote, finding themselves. Peer pressure is a thing, of course. Peer pressure being like those around you is a thing. And we need to understand that you have a choice in who you get to be like, in who you get to follow. And I know that here because of what John is saying here in 3 John 11, when he says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. We need to imitate good, not imitate evil. And that, by its very definition here, it's a choice. It's like we stand at a crossroad. It's like we stand at a crossroad and we have a choice to make. Am I going to follow this person? Am I going to be like them? Am I going to pattern my life after them? Or am I going to not pattern my life after them? Am I going to imitate someone else? Am I going to follow someone else's example? And every time that we come to that crossroad, I think a, a little light bulb needs to go off in our head. A little realization needs to be had that we have a choice to make. Because what could happen is we could just allow the constant stream of influence to wash us away, and we don't even know it. Have you ever gotten stuck on your phone watching one reel after another reel 
one TikTok video after another TikTok video, one YouTube short after another YouTube short. I know some of the people in this room I'm actually speaking Greek to right now, but some of the people in this room know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Some of the people in this room know exactly what it's like to hear something on your screen that says, hey guys, and then you flip to the next video and someone else says, hey guys, and the next person on the video says, hey guys, and they all sound exactly the same. And after a while, with this stream of influence, with actually what our culture now calls influencers, I can, I can actually have a job that is titled influencer. And do you know who the people who I influence will be called, if that is my job? They will be my followers. You realize that that's what happens in social media now, right? You realize that in our culture, we have a, we have a culture of influencers, people who, who do the influencing, and we have a culture of people who follow, who do the following. And if it's, if it's any shock that as you look at social media today and you look at just the landscape of our culture, that it almost feels cult-like in some ways, it almost feels just mindless and really dangerous in some ways, I mean, it's right there in the terminology that we use. And so, you may forget that you get to choose who you imitate. As you're flipping from one video to another video to another video, as people are trying to influence you, they're trying to influence you, they're trying to get your attention, they're trying to, they're, they're trying to change your choices. Who are you allowing to influence you? Who do you allow to shape your heart and your mind. And I'm not just talking to the young people looking at social media today. I am talking to all of us here today. You all realize that, that what you spend your time filling your mind and your heart with, whether it's CNN or Fox News, whether it's TikTok or YouTube, whatever it is, you have to make a choice. Do you even know that you're making a choice? Do you know consciously that you're making a choice as to who is allowed to influence you? Because the choice is yours, as John talks about here. You imitate what is good. Whatever or whoever he says does good is from God. Are you imitating godly people? Are you putting on into your life the kinds of godly influence that leads you to love other people, that leads you to teach other people the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you putting into your heart and mind positive things that help influence you for good, or are you putting into your hearts and minds things that are poisonous, things that just breed materialism and lust, things that don't benefit your life on a regular basis. Who are you imitating? And maybe for some of even the youngest of us, maybe the problem even starts to manifest in the way that, that our little ones talk, in, in the ways that they start to speak to each other. Does it sound like they're putting on a YouTube show for you every time they come and talk to you? Do they walk down the stairs and they, they burst into the scene and say, hey guys! as they try to be like all the things that they're seeing all around them? 
a very dangerous thing. We need to know that we make a choice. That's point number one. But point number two is directly connected to that is that quality matters. And, and we've been really kind of focusing on that a little bit. Yes, you make the choice. Yes, you're the one who has to choose who you're going to follow. But the quality of the thing really does matter, in fact. The quality matters so much that as you, as you start thinking about like a copy machine. I know not a lot of people use Xerox machines much anymore. We have one back here. If you want a little tutorial, we can walk back there after services. Be happy to show you that what happens when you take a copy and you make a copy of it, and you take that copy and you make a copy of that, and you take that copy and you make a copy of that. After a while, it's grainy, it's fuzzy, and you can't even see what, what you're actually looking at anymore. You can't tell or discern what it is that, that was the original, what the source was. Well, what happens when you choose the source and the, the source you choose is low quality already? Well, it's not going to be very long before you're making copies of things that aren't quality material anymore. And that makes sense, technologically speaking, in front of a copy machine. But what about what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1? 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now we've been talking about imitating other people and the challenges of imitating other people, but the absolute top quality source that we can ever imitate in our life, of course, is God our Father. God our Father, who is holy, who is perfect, who is, who is sinless in his perfection, and of course, Jesus his Son, showing us in bodily form all the fullness of God that dwelt within him. We need to be the kinds of people. As he talks about obedient children, you ever, as a child, looked up to your parent, looked up to your mom or your dad, following their example, doing the same kinds of things? Maybe someone says to you, oh, well, they're, they're the spitting image of you. The, the Revises were talking to me after services not too long ago, and they were talking about Ashlyn. I said, man, she just looks so much like you. And I said, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's one of those things that when we think about our little ones, we think about those who are following after us and looking up to us. They want to be like us. They want to be, they want to be like us. As children, we need to look to our Father and be like Him. He is the best quality source that we can ever follow. And it really lays down the gauntlet, Jesus does, in Matthew chapter 5. As, as in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns us or reminds us in verse 48 of Matthew chapter 5, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Lord our God is the perfect original. He is the source that we model our lives after. And Jesus tells us, you got to be perfect just like God is perfect. Anybody wrestling with that right now in your brain? You know what he's talking about there, right? Because clearly he's not talking about sinless perfection. 
Clearly, Jesus is not saying you need to be sinless and perfect, never making any mistake, just like God. Because if that was the case, it would basically be the opposite purpose of why he came to the earth originally. Jesus came to save us from our imperfection. He knows we're not going to be sinlessly perfect. But he does know, as he's talking in the context there, about loving our enemies and how he says, verse 47, and if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? What he's really trying to get us to see in the context here is we need to be the same kinds of people inside as we say we are on the outside. We need to connect holistically our thoughts, our heart, and our actions together and be able to make sure that nothing is missing. That we don't have a part of us that's, that's forgotten about. What he wants us to do is to make sure that we love our enemies. And that's what he's trying to remind us here. But being perfect like God is perfect, God loves, God is love. And so we need to love like God loves in that sort of way of being totally connected and consistent and sincere. So we need to be perfect like God is perfect. We need to aspire to the same standard that God has. But then on the flip side of this, a negative example, as we look to God to be perfect like God, what happens when we choose low quality material? Low quality material is actually exactly what Jesus dealt with in Matthew 23. Now, as soon as you say Matthew 23, hopefully you remember what is being talked about in this chapter. This is the woes to the Pharisees chapter. This is a heavy chapter in which Jesus really lays the smackdown on a bunch of Pharisees who talked a good game but didn't actually follow through. And in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, Jesus says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourself nor allow those who would, to enter, who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. That stings. Because what are they trying to do? What are the Pharisees trying to do? The scribes and the Pharisees, they're traveling across sea and land to go teach people about repentance, to proselyze people, to bring people to the Jewish faith. And when they find somebody and they make them like themselves, they duplicate their thoughts, their ideas into these other people. What Jesus says is those proselytes become twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Ouch. That's what happens when you use low quality material. Because quality matters. Making sure that you look to a quality source to imitate. Obviously, you should be imitating the Lord God. Obviously, you should be imitating his son, Jesus Christ. But this word mameomai so frequently is talking about imitating other people, imitating our leaders, imitating the example of hardworking people like the apostles, imitating people whose example is above reproach and who I can see and look to and say, 
that's a good quality person for me to follow. I want to be like them. And we need to be that kind of way. We need to have those kinds of role models in our lives, those kinds of people who, who exude quality. And that's an important thing for us to look for in our lives, especially as you realize that there is low quality all around us. I talked about social media. I really don't want to talk about social media much more in this lesson, but you can just see the idea that all around you, even in the political sphere, even in people who purport to be our leaders in our country, there are really bad examples of people to follow. There are people who stand up and they say that they're Christians. They stand up and they say that they have faith. They stand up and they tell people that they have the answers. And they fall flat on their face in public as they're caught in hypocrisy. I don't want to be like them. I want to be like the real deal. You want to be like the real deal? You want to model your life after somebody who not only walks the walk, but talks the talk to? I do. Because if I start following after somebody who is of lower quality, where am I going to be? It's funny that Alan's here, because so often in our personal conversations we would talk, and I know he's mentioned it from the pulpit from time to time, do you ever, and this is hard because I don't want to make a generalization, but I'm going to a little bit here. So take this with a grain of salt. Do you ever find a young person who exceeds the righteousness of their parents? Does that happen often? If, if someone's parents is, you know, they don't really read the Bible, they don't really study with them, they don't really attend very often, they don't make a priority of serving other people in the community, does that young person have an excellent opportunity to exceed the righteousness of their parents? It happens from time to time. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. But you don't give somebody a really good opportunity for success if you're not setting them up with a, with a high bar. And that is, by the way, why Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. He knew that we have to be better than that standard. And it's so important for us to make sure that we focus on quality. So, who do you become when you imitate somebody of lower quality? When you set your standard at the media, when you set your standard at political figures, when you set your standard on social media and all those kinds of influencers out there, who are you going to become? What kind of person do you feel like you will grow up to be? And it's a question we all need to ask ourselves, because I don't know the answer to that. I would hope you would be better than those people who you're allowing to influence you, but I know, I know that imitation really does lead us into some dangerous places if we choose low-quality source material. So the last thing in the lesson is this. And I want to shift this a little bit, because we've been sort of thinking about who we use as models in our lives. But know this, that you are also an example to other people. You are certainly an example to other people around you, and that is so powerful for us to realize, especially if we are parents, especially if we're older, but also if we're younger. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at this row right here, right, where I've got like 12, 13-year-olds, and then I've got Miriam and Silas 
And I've got people like that all throughout the building, right? People of all age ranges, and even just on one pew, you could have multiple generations of people influencing each other. Multiple generations of people looking to each other. So what kind of original are you? And it is powerful if we could, like Paul, use the words, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I want to be able to say that. I want to say that. I want to say that I am so focused on following Jesus that I am confident that if Nelma wants to follow me, let's go, Nelma. Can I say that? I know Nelma can say that. I know there's so many people in this room who can say that, but can I say that? Can you say that? Can you tell people, walk like me because I'm following Jesus? And that is a powerful thing for us to settle in on, just making sure we've focused on ourselves, making sure that we've focused on our influence on other people. I feel like this is something that Paul was talking to the young evangelist Timothy a lot about. When in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul says this to the young evangelist. He says, Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, until I come devote yourself to public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now that's a good lesson for a preacher, right? Because the preacher's up here and everybody's looking at the preacher, so we better make sure that Sean is a good example. We better make sure that Alan's a good example. Or we better make sure that the elders are good examples for us, right? What about you? Who's listening to you? Who's, who, who is looking to you as a good example? Because it's not just about evangelists. It's not just about apostles or elders or anyone else. You all, we all need to make sure that we're following Jesus that we are being a good example in everything we say, in everything that we do, in love, in faith, and in our purity. That we're focused on letting our light shine. That we're focused on being like Jesus. There are qualities that we see in this world by people who claim to be so religious and so conservative in their thinking. Qualities like cutting people down. Qualities like making fun of people, qualities like acting unloving. Are you going to follow those kinds of people? Are you going to be those kinds of people? Are you going to say that you love the Lord God, but actually just want to complain about everyone around you? Are you going to say you have hope for eternity in heaven, but everything you see is just the glass half empty? I want us to be the kind of people who not only talk a good game, but are following the Lord God accurately so that people can walk and live like us. And by the way, if you want to see examples of that, there are tons of examples here at this place. We have lots and lots of people here 
who are good examples that you can follow. And if you want to be like them so that others can follow you, that would be a good endeavor to start this week. So the question, I guess, at the end of this point is that what do you need to change to be a better role model? Are you comfortable, like really comfortable allowing people to follow you? Or does that kind of make your skin crawl a little bit when you think about people actually living like you? And if not, what do you need to change? How do you need to be different to be that kind of role model for other people? So again, we're duplicated disciples. It's okay for us to be the tofurkey. <laughs> it's okay for us to be the vegan cheese. We're not the original. We're trying our best. Jesus has extended to us his grace to forgive us of all of our sins, and though we are not perfect, we can be like him. We can follow him. And we can be in him with that relationship with him to be reunited with God in spite of all of our sins. We can be disciples following after Jesus. And the question for you this morning is, are you that disciple? Have you given your life to the Lord? Have you laid your life at his feet and said, I'll follow you wherever I go? If you haven't yet done that this morning, we'd love to take your confession. We'd love to baptize you. We'd love to stand beside you as you rise up out of those waters, a new creature ready to live a life for the Lord. Whatever ways we can help, please come as we stand.